Hi everybody, this is Humanity First, I'm Peter Evers at Bamsey, and we have a special guest uh, this morning, um, Bev Williams, who is our Executive Vice President. Uh, welcome Beverly. Nice to be here, thank you Peter. Thanks. I thought, you know, this morning would be a good time to reflect on a number of things that have happened over the past year, mm-hmm. uh, and when I think back to last summer and the opportunities that I think were placed in front of this country around, of course, um, the uh, the murder of George Floyd and the Mm -hmm. the, and really previously I would say the rise of uh, white supremacy and really how we became off kilter in terms of a country with values um, that was sort of under the radar for a long time. Uh, Somebody the other day was making a point to me. And I said, you know, it's a little bit, what, what you're arguing with me is a little bit like what happened with George Floyd. You, you know, what happens if you're, if, you're, if you're denying racism is you're saying there's a reason for every one of those murders. Mm-hmm. If you look at the entire picture, you can't explain that away. Right, right. And I think we came to a point uh, in our culture where we couldn't look away anymore. We being the majority white population, who mm-hmm. uh, who then began to walk, um, mm-hmm. not completely, but understand a little bit, thank, thanks to a video which was so distressing. I think we've come a long way um, as an organisation since then, and much of that was due mm-hmm. to your mm-hmm. support and input with the Racial and Social Justice Committee, mm-hmm. that has been um, really active. So much so that the Racial and Social Justice, this just in by the way everybody, has been nominated for a um, Excellence in Diversity Award with the ABH uh, Association of Behavioral Health, so we'll, we're keeping our fingers crossed to see yeah. if we get some recognition yeah. there. The nice thing about that is that group is getting bigger all the time mm-hmm. um, and we're getting members uh, from all over Bamsley joining, uh, which is, makes me very happy. Um, but, you know, one of the things that came out of this and that, that I think I'd like to talk about mm-hmm. is this idea of safe space. Um, and you're really good at coining things. Mm-hmm. I think you have mm-hmm. come up with, with table talk. Mm-hmm. So can we talk a little bit about table talk and from your perspective? And when did you realize, when did you see that this, it was necessary to have safe space mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. people of color to talk? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Table Talk, as you know, is an offshoot, and as you said, of the Racial and Social Justice Committee. And it is, and we started saying it, it we call this BIPOC, you know, for black, indigenous, people of color. Yeah. And then we realized we too blundered because we had left out a whole group of people. And so um, it is for people of color, so just POC, not BIPOC, and it's by people of color. And it's definitely a safe space and realizing the need for a safe place because realizing even in the midst of conversations we were having that there were huddles of people of color having a separate conversation, a conversation that came closer to sharing their fears, came closer to sharing their anxieties, came closer to sharing anger, rage, and did not have a place to do it that felt safe and collective and also could be at the point of what are we going to do about it. Mm-hmm. So that was the, it was really um, important to provide that at Bansley and have that place, that common ground where we could come together and hear from others, not just gripe, 
Mm-hmm. But also say, okay, so how are we going to take a stand? How okay. can we call to action? Mm-hmm. So that that was the birth of Table Talk in March, no May, sorry, of this year. That's right. Yeah. So um, the idea is to get facilitators to come in, and I know that that is what what's happened. Yes. I think we've had four. Is it? We so far had five people. Um, I think you're right. Four. So I'm going to go back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually had four guest speakers. We had Rasan Hall. Mm-hmm. He is the director um, at the Racial Justice Program for the American Civilities, um, Liber- Civil Liberties Union mm-hmm. of Massachusetts. We also had Ollie J. Spears, who is a Brockton activist. Um, we had Thomason Eiffel, one of Bamsey's own. Um, previous board member, but he's also the deputy commissioner for the tre- pre-trial services um, at the probation services, so that was great. And we had Deborah Roberts, who's a Stoughton um, states person. And they each came in, select person, and they each came in sharing on different topics. So Rasan launched us and talking about safety and calling us to action, that it's not okay just to complain, mm-hmm. but what are you going to do about it? What are you going to hold people accountable for? Ali then talked about the challenges, you know, at, at Banzi mm-hmm. and how we at Banzi and we at Brocktonites can make a difference. Amazon talked about just survival strategies at work and beyond, he called it, and beyond community, wherever we are, how do we stay safe, how do we, because that is a real fear, a real concern for people of color throughout Massachusetts, the mm-hmm. nation at this time. Mm-hmm. And Deborah sort of brought it home into how to, how to be a change agent within your community, herself coming up, as she would say, as a normal person, realizing issues and then saying, I'm going to be part of change, and just talking about her experience and her steps through change and giving us some tips on changing. So we really had some great influences. We did have a fifth person who responded to the Haitian community in the midst of the assassination of the Haitian president, and that was a very somber but very um, enlightening session where we employees of Haitian descent really shared their mixed mm-hmm. feelings mm-hmm. In, in response to that assassination. Mm-hmm. So those were our sessions so far. As a team, we're growing. As a team, we're still looking. We have some next steps that we want to do. We want to, we've defined our mission basically, but we're looking at what are our goals for this year? We're also looking at engagement. How do we engage more people of color? It's it's part of a it's a learned response where it's hard to get people to come together though as a mm-hmm. forum, is it safe? Mm-hmm. So even coming together on a big platform people are anxious about is it gonna be safe? Is it gonna really make a difference? And so we do plan to have one or two of our speakers, actually, Rosan Hall and Parmesan, return and do some work even with our committee. And how do we help 
others to understand this, that we're not just talking. We are going to help, right. and they can help us make that difference. Yeah. One of the ways we're going to do that, we've joined together, you know, um, and co-hosting as a part of BAMSI, our international event that's, right. that's coming up in October 7th, and from 1 to 5, and really at that point hoping to do some recruitment of people of color just to say this is a place to be, this is your voice. We're also looking at doing a survey. We are going to send out surveys just to find out are we meeting at the right times and the right day of the week. So really wanting to make sure that we don't, we're not just another group. We want to make sure we have a real impact. Yeah. I think it's phenomenal. And I guess, you know, I'll say as, as a white person, you know, one of the things that comes up quite often is, well, why do you need, why would you need a separate place? Which is, I think, a good question. Mm -hmm. But I do think what you're describing is something that, um, that, that white people tend to take for granted, which is mm -hmm. the ability to move through your community mm -hmm. without fear. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, when I, when I talk to Palmerson about this, he always makes that point with me. He's just, he said, I don't take that for granted. And this is, by the way, the Deputy Commissioner of the Courts, but the color of his skin dictates whether he stopped. Uh, I never think about that. The other thing that I just wanted to reflect on was when I talked to Rasan when we were starting this, yes. uh, when you guys were starting this, he said, one thing you have to be really careful about is don't, don't just allow this to happen. Always follow up. Because recommendations will come from that. And one of the things that has come from, from the conversation, especially with the, um, with the Haitian diaspora, is how can we get more involved politically? Mm -hmm. um, and we have um, Marianne uh, Mulligan is, is our lobbyist um, who sort of goes to bat for us on issues uh, that the legislature is dealing with. Um, we met a couple of weeks ago and talked about that a little bit. And that's something that we can do. We yes. can organize through our lobbyists for um, issues that are of um, concern. And it doesn't just have to be local. I think of the Haitian um, uh, delegation, for instance. Um, so I think it's really good that we have this, that we understand the motivation for needing this, but also that we follow up and we make sure that we do things that actually make people think, oh yeah, we came together, we, 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 we conversated, we said we want to change, mm -hmm. and this is what happened. Now, mm -hmm. it's not going to happen every time, yeah. but at least if you can see some movement around some of those things, right. I think people will, will come. Yeah, I think some of the, the key areas mm -hmm. that stand out for me mentioned uh, mm -hmm. one is affinity groups and Rasan talked about that too and the importance of affinity groups throughout an organization whether it's people of color could be book clubs we have so many different but you know sometimes we're afraid to have groups because we, we're thinking oh but what would they do is it against anybody but his you know it also helps with retention it mm -hmm. helps with really hearing a voice, people having a voice and being able to express it and for their leadership to respond and to know what's happening. I, I know one thing we heard for me that stood out is that a lot of our staff of color feel that there's not a necessary part to promotions for them mm. and progress and really 
looking at that, it's astonishing when you hear where people came from. And they came from countries where they were sometimes doctors, they were um, therapists in their own right, they were physicians, and they came to the new country and they're doing what they have to do to make a living for their family. But really there's opportunity there for us as an agency. What are the skills? And so that's one of our aims. We're really looking at finding out what are the skills of our people of color? How can we really utilize their skills, help them feel better? Language was one area that was pointed out to us that sometimes their, their language or the way they speak because of their cultural um, background really gets in the way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're seen as probably being one person give an example, rude, but I'm not rude, mm -hmm. it's I'm expressing myself, or I do understand you, I just have a different accent. So there's a lot for us to learn and gain from these groups. I know for me, even being a person of color from a different country, it's been a learning experience yeah. where I really get to understand where people are coming from, what are some of the challenges, and um, have grown already from my experience and looking forward to continue work in this POC. Yeah, and growing. And I think I think you're absolutely right. It is there. I remember somebody said because uh, I read the notes. Somebody said, you know. I don't like to speak up because I'm the only breadwinner, mm -hmm. and there is no other option mm -hmm. for me and my family. Mm -hmm. And it is again, it's appreciative inquiry, like, oh, right, that's a totally different place that that person is coming from, um, you know. And, and and so the more people I think that we get there, the more they're going to think, well, this isn't there's no danger involved in this. Mm -hmm. Again, some people are coming from countries where there is an autocratic uh, dict dictatorship, um, right. where speaking your mind. Uh, there really is something to lose, um, and so it is also creating those comfort spaces, yeah. those spaces where people actually think, "Yeah, I can say what I want," mm -hmm. and uh, and it's great when people do say what the, what they want to say because they're going to say it somewhere else anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's and it's particularly um, sad for me, particularly for our men of color, where they are. What we found is they're very hesitant to speak up and speak out. Um, there are a couple who have been consistent in the group, in the table talk meetings, and I'm beginning to see them open a bit. Yeah. And it's exciting to see that. But they are the ones who are very concerned about, they're the breadwinners for their family. How much do I say? What if I say? What happens if I say? Our last speaker, who was the student select person, she gave an example of visiting her home state and forgetting some of the um, unstated rules, the rules yeah. and was driving and driving a few car lengths, probably four car lengths behind somebody who stopped by the police and just the experience and he wanted her to be driving six car lengths. But she even taught about, taught us survival strategies. Some I've never heard. You turn both windows down in the front. You open your pocketbook so they can see inside your pocketbook mm -hmm. as a female that you don't have mm -hmm. any weapons. Mm -hmm. You say, sir, I'm reaching for. You reach with one hand. Let them see the other. But just even, there was a sadness in even hearing 
how she stated her actions and what she had learned and it came back to her. She did it in talking to a family member after the incident. He said, I forgot to tell you, because he's there. I forgot to tell you, that's what happens here. They, women of color, they get a joy out of making you angry, responding to them, and so they have to slam you to the ground. Mm -hmm. um, so you did what was right. Mm -hmm. and, and her piece was, again, survival strategies. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's unfortunate because to live only in the state of survival strategies as opposed to um, thriving, I'm doing great, yeah. or I can speak out, mm -hmm. that's not where. No, no I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it stops everything else, doesn't it? If the thing you're worrying about is just getting down to the shops. And I think that's the, I think that's the big difference, and that's how... That's the appreciative inquiry. Tell me that story. I think is just is not. A lot of people are going to listen to that and think, "Oh my goodness, mm -hmm. that's very different mm -hmm. from how what it's like for me to actually have that conversation." And I think you and I have talked about an old boss of mine who, you know, spent hours and hours and hours talking to her two black teenagers mm -hmm. about how yeah. this is how you behave when you're out in the street. And to have that conversation in a group where people feel safe, I think, is just remarkable. It's been great. I, I've heard so many stories from members, and I know I would not have heard it if I was not part of that group. Mm -hmm. I would not have heard the pain. And it always comes out in pain. Um, it's driven sometimes by the stories of others. There's something about sharing your story. Mm -hmm. and really encouraging others to speak and to let go. Some of it has been a release yeah. for some members. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I look forward to where Table Talk is going and really excited about building that and engaging more people of color in the agency. Well, it's unbelievably strong work, Beverly, and I'm um, proud to be associated with it, but that's made me, me taking too much <laughs> um, from it. But I, I just think the work that has been done is remarkable. I look forward to more of it. And do you think we'll win this award? I hope we win <laughs> this. And I, I do want to thank you, Peter, for just even allowing us the space to do this. This is not um, something that people take lightly. And we do respect and honor the fact that you created and allowed us the space to make and have allowed us our quote-unquote privacy to do so. So we thank you. Well, you're very welcome. And they've won by me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Caroline. Yeah.